Life Audio. Hey, it's time for Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. I'm Cynthia Garrett, and I will be right with you in just a moment after this. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Real girls, real talk, real issues, real faith. Hi, everybody. I'm Cynthia Garrett, and welcome to Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. It is a Girl Club week. Uh, You know, sometimes uh, going forward, we'll be bringing you different kinds of weeks. It might be a sit-down. It might be a Girl Club one-on-one. It might be, um, you know, me dancing solo on the beach. I'm joking. Anyway, as always, uh, you have... Join the place where we as real women try to apply our real faith to real issues and to live out in a very real way our own faith journeys in front of you so that your own faith journey can be encouraged and strengthened. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And what that scripture means is that we overcome by the word of our testimony of what God has done in our life through our mistakes and through our failures and through everything that it is any of us go through in life. So whatever you're thinking, whatever you're feeling today, whatever your heart thinks about God, you need to know something very important. You are loved by God. You are loved. You are so loved by God. And he desires to have a relationship with you. And if you find yourself here and you don't know how you stumbled upon this crazy podcast or live stream, if you're joining us here in studio, then let me be the first to tell you that you're in a blessed place because there's an invitation being extended to you right now to really figure out your identity as determined by the only person that really knows and the only person that can tell you. And that's God who created you. So if you're watching on YouTube, please like us, subscribe and share and click the bell icon that will notify you every time that we go live. If you happen to be listening on podcast, thank you. Please follow us and consider writing a review. You guys, this really helps us impact more lives because the more reviews you write, then the more that girl club will receive promotion from Apple. They'll send us out to more people. So all we're asking you to do is take a little bit of time to write a review. It helps us. We're always talking about identity here. That is one of the things that uh, I believe is the foundation of Girl Club. Who are you? Why are you here? What's your purpose? And you're a lot more than just your name or your gender. So much more. Your identity should be anchored in truth. And what that truth is, is what we talk about all all the time here. And not living according to your identity and your truth is why most people slip and stumble and live miserable lives. So if you'd like a list of identity affirmations to get yourself started in knowing your true self, then this is what I want you to do. And it's free. Click in the description and we're going to send you a copy. Plus, take our identity challenge to get yourself rooted in your God-given identity. The link is in the description also. Please take the challenge. And then I invite you as you take the challenge to send me in any, your videos, 
You know, send me in a three minute video, a five minute video. Tell me how you're being impacted by just learning about your identity as it's written in the word of God, the unchanging word of God, the unchanging truth that is the same yesterday, today and forever. That's what identity is really about. And once you have your feet firmly rooted in your identity and you know that you know that you know who you are and why you're here and what you're called to do and to whom you belong, then everything in your life will be that much more stable. So also, lastly, but importantly, if you want to support us, there's a number of ways that you can support this ministry. You can get yourself some Girl Club merchandise. You can buy CGM a coffee. It's all explained if you just go a little bit further into how to support us. You can support us with a one-time gift or a reoccurring gift. All the links are in the description. That is it. I am Cynthia Garrett. Joining me in studio today are two of my Girl Club favorites and regular tribe, Summer Garrett and Christina Boudreau. Hey, y'all. <laughs> so listen, um, I just kind of want to start uh, with Christina today because um, Summer, Christina has just gotten back from um, a lot of travels, doing a lot of ministry around the world. And you always have great stories. So CB, I want to know, like, what's going on around the world? What are you encountering out there? And what is Christ doing? What What's he telling you? Um, so it's been, it's been really cool. I think just as I've traveled, uh, I was in India in July. And I think one thing that specifically that I just want to highlight about uh, the believers in, in India is that they're so on fire for the Lord. I think when people have a great deal of persecution and in our country, we, I believe the believers are starting to go down that path where we are going to be you know, going through a great deal of persecution, you know, for our faith, right. And for the things that we stand for, for Christian principles. And it's, you know, when you, and these are just everyday believers in India that I met, you know, who, you know, just our moms who are wives who work normal jobs. Right. But they're so on fire for the Lord because their faith costs them something. Uh, this last week, I, uh, this last Saturday I shared a, a uh, a women's breakfast at a Calvary Chapel up in Palmdale, a very broken community. And I shared about the life of Thomas and in John chapter 20. And Thomas isn't really talked about very often, but Thomas had a lot of doubt in his life, you know, struggled with a lot of doubt. But the Lord, after he defeated that doubt in Thomas, Thomas was the one that brought the gospel to India and God used him to bring the gospel to a very pagan, very dark world, a country. Um, in their world, you know, which was so crazy. And it was just so encouraging to me where how many times we all struggle with doubt, you know, we'd struggle with discouragement, but when the Lord meets us, he could still use our life, you know, he could still use our life in a powerful way. And I really just loved that part of India was just how on fire the believers were and how for them, when I was there, they just really talked about, cause I, you know, when I was there, it was like a Hindu nation and there's just so many idols in different corners. And I said, you guys have a, I told the believers there, my friends, I said, you guys have a lot of like idols here. And they looked at me and they said, Christina, your country has a lot of idols too. And I was like, well, we don't have like statues, you know, on different corners. And they, they were like, well, Christina, like your idols in America, the idols of the American people is the phones, you know, social media. It's, you know, it's our televisions, our cars. Yeah. It's all those things. And the enemy is cunning where in other countries, the enemy knows that those people would probably bow down to those things. But in this country, these are the things that people bow down to. And so that was specifically in India, what I saw Um, when I traveled to South America, I was in Chile for three weeks in August. Love Chile. Chile has my heart. Um, Chile same thing, you know, it was really interesting because we did a three week whosoever tour there and we went into the schools and we did co-ed assemblies, but then we did assemblies specifically for girls because when we went there the last time I, the Lord really spoke to me and said, Christina, I not only want to save, but I want to set free. And it was so crazy because we went into the schools, the public schools, and we would just have like girl assemblies with like 200 girls, 250 girls and one like 
you know, hall or conference room or whatever the school had. And by law in Chile, only the school psychologists could talk about the issues of abuse and mental health. Um, not even the teachers, not even the principals. So when we went in and we were able to not only share the gospel, but to talk about these things, these are, this is like the first time that these girls are hearing that being abused is wrong, that that Christ is the answer to their depression, to their suicide, to their, you know, all of these things, because you have these girls that have been abused, right? And they're sexually active and giving themselves away and, you know, just all of the things. And it's like for the first time someone's talking about it, but they're talking about it. It was kind of a blessing in disguise disguise because we're talking about it in a biblical way. So, but I felt like there was just like these thick chains that the Lord was breaking in the lives of these girls. And you could see it on them because I'm sure you experience that Cynthia where the room gets heavy every time you start talking about these issues. And I just saw the Lord not only save, but set the captives free in South America, which was really amazing. Um, And then I got back and I went to visit my uh, family in Malaysia, my aunt and uncle and uh, my mom's side of the family that lives there. I was there for about a week just visiting. But even in Malaysia, when I was there, it's a Muslim country. You know, there's mosques on every corner. There's a mosque around the corner from my aunt's house and they play their prayers, you know, five times a day. And I was so crazy because when I was there, I had a thought, which I know was from the Lord, where I was like, you know, Lord, a lot of people of other faiths are more devoted to their God than Christians are. (laughs) You know, like how many lukewarm Christians are there in the Christian faith? And it's just so interesting that the Lord, I don't know, the Lord just kind of opened my eyes, you know, because I traveled through Tokyo, I, tra- I traveled through Malaysia, I traveled through South America, I traveled through Dubai and India, just different parts of the world and trying to get a pulse. But even in the eyes of people from other countries, our country is kind of a joke right now in the eyes of a lot of people in the sense where there's a lot of... Um, radical groups that have taken over the governments in these different places, right. That has taken away freedoms or just taken away like their right to like worship the Lord. And they just keep telling me like your guys's country, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, but it's been a slow boil and all, and the people from other countries see it. And these aren't political people seeing it. These are just like normal people of faith that are like, you guys need to get ready because the, the church in America might not look like how the church looks like now. So it's been very interesting to kind of step back and see that. Well, you know, what's so powerful about what you're sharing, Christina, is that I, I, I agree. And when you travel around the world, you get to see America from a different perspective. And I know we were in Israel a few months ago and when I toured Yavashem, which is the Holocaust Museum in Israel, you start at the beginning of, you know, of time when life was normal for the Jews around the world, around Europe. And, um, and you look at the climate of how things changed in the persecution of their worship and their religion and them as people. And it is very, I cried through the whole tour because to be honest with you, all I could see was America. I could see it. I, you can see the signs, you know, you just see it. And part of what you're saying that's so powerful, you know, you said a lot, these people are struggling with doubt. And it's crazy that you went there. Of course, the Holy Spirit always has us in tune, but I have been on struggling with fear, struggling with doubt for the last few days, you know? And even, even sensing when I'm struggling with it myself, you know, and that is, I think that's number one, a part of the attack that gets Christians to a place of being lukewarm in their faith and the distractions, the idols that you spoke about. It's so easy for us to go to other countries and say, oh my God, they worship all these crazy gods and they have all these idols, but we never make the connection that you just made, which is so true that we have just as many idols Our idols, though, are celebrities and money and having a good time and sex and sexuality. We've turned, 
we've turned that into an idol living for our flesh, you know, living for everything outside of what we're supposed to be living for in Christ. And yeah, we look just like the pagans. So when I think about, you know, the church being persecuted here in the Western church, right? Where we've enjoyed all these freedoms, you know, to love God, have our Bibles, have conferences and meet and freely gather. When I think about us being persecuted and and the, the way our freedoms changing, I also think about, well, you don't value something that you no longer work for. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't value something that you've taken your eyes off of and set your affections on other things. And so if you don't live every day focused on the God that you say that you value, why should you have freedom to worship Mm -hmm. him? You know, are you really going to even notice until your freedoms are gone? And does it, is it going to take that for the Western church to get her, her stuff together and to become the shining light on the hill that everyone around the world assumes and has always seen us to be because we have been we've just fallen from grace in a lot well you know what we haven't fallen from grace we've fallen from worship we've Mm -hmm. fallen from adoration of our god in a lot of ways and i don't think it's too late because we still are able to talk about this openly which means we still have a chance to say right now, today, I know that I'm loved by God. That's my declaration and I'm going to change my life, you know? And, and it's interesting because you talk about 250 young girls together, you know, CB, that is a movement. That's a massive movement. That is revival right there. Like what Jesus did with one sinful woman at the well in the parable of the, the the Samaritan woman, right? Changed an entire race of people. He saw her at a well and evangelized her. He told her about the truth of God. He started by telling her, you know, through a word of knowledge and prophecy, the truth about her life and the sin that she was in. And then he gave her waters of, of, of living life. And if if God can do that and change an entire race of people, you know, with one woman, what can he do and what won't he do with 250 young girls set on fire for Christ? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why, that's one of the things that keeps me coming back here to Girl Club. And it, it, it keeps me focused on making sure that we understand that even our five voices, Christina Boudreaux, Christina Reynolds, Nova Page, Summer Garrett, me, you know, Cynthia Garrett. Yes, we're related. Um, (laughs) You know, it's the thing that, like, I know what God is capable of doing with one woman. What could he do with five? Mm -hmm. Much less all of you who are watching, you know, those of you regulars who join us in studio to live live film and live stream here on, on Cynthia Garrett Ministries YouTube channel, you know, where we do live stream so that we can interact, you know, before we go out to the podcast platform, you know, what can he do? What can he do through our commitment and our faith, you know? And so I, this whole thing of struggling with doubt, struggling with fear, I think that all doubt comes from fear. And it's interesting because I was listening to Bill Johnson yesterday. Bill Johnson uh, pastors Bethel Church in Redding, California. You guys just Google Bill Johnson. Um, You got to listen to the man. Just put him on your regular lineup of what you listen to and who you let so into your life because he's amazing. And when he speaks, you can tell that he spends time alone in the secret place with the Lord. And that's where he gets such deep revelation and deep knowledge. And he said something so powerful. He said, I believe that there are two drivers for everything we do as humans. And I agree with him. And this is why I want to share it with you. Fear and love. Listen to that and sit with it. There are two drivers for everything that you do, everything that you're going through, everything that you struggle with, either fear or love. Now break it down even more. 
Fear is the enemy. Fear is F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. Faith and fear can't live in the same vessel because they cancel each other out. Love on this side is what? Is faith. Faith is all about love. Love is all about God. God is love. We love because he first loved us, scripture says. So you've got love over here in Christ. You know, Jesus said to go to the father, you want to go, you have to go through the son. So as Christians, we believe in Christ, right? But you know, your experience of God, no matter what faith you are, is about love. It's not Mm -hmm. about fear, condemnation, hatred, Mm -hmm. division, disunity, arguing, turmoil, chaos. So much of what we see in our nations today is rooted right here in fear. Even if you think about it and you look at political parties, the Democrats and the Republicans are operating from fear. They're not operating from love. They're not operating from God. God is love. Jesus is love, right? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Love forgives. Love is about unity. You know, like, think about it. I mean, it's so obvious and clear. And then understand that the power of love in you is the power to change your community and your home and the lives around you. So it is an in, it's interesting that that's what you key into around the world, Christina, because I'm telling you that I believe is the struggle. It's the struggle uh, that all people are in right now. There is a massive struggle for identity going on in the world today. And so many people are being told all the wrong things about their identity. They're, 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 they're linking their identity to their sexual behavior, to their sexuality. Like that has nothing to do with your identity, nothing. And if you knew who, to whom you belong, if you know who you are and you know who your creator is, there's no struggles about identity. Trust me, it all becomes clear when you know your maker. Summer, you know, I'd love to hear from you about this because I know last night you came in the room and, and, and you, were, you were saying you felt fear, you know, and, um, and you're such an encouragement so much to me when I'm going through like a struggle with doubt or fear. Now, just I'll be transparent as, as to why my, my fear or doubt struggle centers all around my husband's health. Um, and we had to go, the, you know, we had a, I knew last night that we were going to have a doctor's appointment this morning. So I was going through the, the scenarios of what it could be really and truly partnering with the fear in my life, being driven by the fear. Because when I kept going back to a sermon, put on a sermon, get in your word, worship the Lord, it took me back to the love God in my life, which is more powerful than the fear. So that when when you make the love your driver, then you're able to meet these situations that may seem terrifying to you with a real strength and a resolve to let go and trust God. Hmm. So I don't know, Summer, you say what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I think it's easier. I think it's really good to have a support system because at least for me and my journey with the Lord, I feel like it's always good to get that other feedback because sometimes I feel like you can be in your head a lot and you can't really see things for how they look from the outside. So I think getting that, having people around you, especially that are Christian, is like really important because if I were to go to a friend that wasn't Christian and couldn't recognize, okay, that's fear. Okay. That's doubt. Okay. You're struggling with this. Let's pray that away. Let's reject that in the Lord's name. Like if I wasn't able to do that or have people that could recognize that, I think it would just make my life a lot harder. So that's the first thing I'll say. Um, obviously I just walked in the room when I could see what was going on and immediately I just felt in my spirit, there was fear, like fear in the house, fear, um, trying to latch on to you, um, I could like clearly sense that and clearly see that. So, you know, like I believe that, I mean, I just have a lot of love for anyone that's like hurting or upset or crying. Like 
I literally went downstairs and I was like, it's just the saddest thing when she cries. Like, I don't want her to cry. So I went back upstairs. And when I was giving you a hug, I just was like, I reject the spirit of fear in Jesus name. And that was able to give me the freedom to say like, hey, I see this as fear. Like, don't focus on that. Because I feel like your focus becomes your thoughts and your thoughts becomes your whole like mentality and your whole mood and your whole attitude toward whatever you're thinking about. So I feel like the most important thing is to put your mind on the fruits of the spirit. And the only real way to do that is obviously being in prayer or listening to a sermon. So um, yeah, I would say the biggest thing is just being surrounded by people that also believe in what you believe in, because it makes it a lot easier when you do fall to be caught um, surrounded by that wisdom. And then also like everything is just pretty simple. Like, I, when I was sitting there thinking about it, I was like, well, she doesn't want to do this because of this. So then what would be the only intention? Well, that's fear. And then that's not from God. So to me, like, that's pretty easy. Just reject it off of her. I could even re- like reject it off of her. Um, and then just love on her because that's what, I mean, realistically, that's what God would want. Like, I think she just needed a hug and she just needed someone to like take the time to care about what she was caring about. And I believe that that's what God does. Like Mm -hmm. you're valid in how you feel, but it's just not from God. So let's just like deal with that, you know? Mm -hmm. So that would be my, like, that was my whole thought process last night. Um, Just taking the time to, you know, like have a heart like God and he cares about what other people care about. So just slowing down to get in that fruit of the spirit will really help others around you. And I feel like it's about that too. Mm -hmm. It's true. It is about that too. You know, I mean, it's interesting, you know, we know firsthand, right? All of us that there's someone else struggling with something else or something similar or the same thing. And the the beautiful thing about when you know Christ is he does give you an empathy and a compassion and the ability, the discernment to actually see things on other people. And one of the interesting things about fear um, is that it really, it it takes your eyes off of seeing anything. You just see your fear. That's it. It's really myopic. It it draws you completely in. Fear diminishes you. It shrinks you inside of yourself to a place of real inner struggle, you know? And, and, and for those of you who've ever struggled with fear and I need you to remember to say this out of your mouth for God did not give me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, you know, go to the word and start speaking it when you're in a struggle with fear. But for those of you who have struggled with it, and we all do, that's the thing, you know, I beat myself up sometimes thinking, Oh my gosh, how can I be struggling with this? I should know better. You know, I should know better. God's given me a podium and a platform and I, 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 I teach the gospel around the world. How do I not, you know, why am I struggling with this? But the reality is, I think uh, there's nothing that afflicts any of us that isn't common to man. It's, mm. it's, a, mm-hmm. it's a part of our human condition, you know, mm. and I realized that. And I realized that the second that sin entered the world through Adam and Eve, you know, the act might have been through Eve. The sin was accredited to Adam as the covering. And that's a whole deep conversation we can have about picking the right man, y'all, because a man is supposed to be the covering. And boy, is he responsible for a lot of mess in your life and a lot of fear, you know, if he's not living for Christ, you know, mm-hmm. if he's not able to cover you with a knowledge of the Lord and cover you with the strength of the Lord. And, and I'm, and I say that, you know, saying like, my husband is the one having a health challenge and he's still often the one covering me with faith and covering me with breakthrough because Mm -hmm. the struggle is more mine than it is his. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds crazy, but because he's so solid in his faith, God uses what he's going through to reveal where I'm shaky, you know? And I, and I think that all challenges are, are there. And if you really look at them with God, you can see all the things they're revealing about where your walk needs to be, about where mm-hmm. you're struggling, about, you know, where you're stumbling around, you know, and 
It's interesting, Christine. It's wise you keyed into here are all these young girls all over the world. There's so much sexual abuse out there that they give themselves away, you know, so they feel like they've lost their value or it was stolen from them. And so they just continue the cycle of giving themselves away. And even that's driven by fear because right? Even that's driven by fear. They fear that they're not good enough anyway, and that God could never see them as a bride washed in white. And that's such a powerful thing that we need to understand about ourselves as daughters of God. He sees us as his bride clothed in white. Men too, men too. I just think it's easier for women to get the whole concept of us being the bride of Christ, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's the same thing for men, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm curious how you get them to see that, Christina. Like, you know, I think the biggest challenge we have as believers is to get other believers to actually see that they are truly loved by God in spite of the sin of their past. They can put it down and change Mm -hmm. in a minute and be changed in a minute. Yeah. You know, I think... You know, sometimes I think, Cynthia, like within the modern church, you have people that cover up for so long, right? Like people in church. That's why so many times, like even during our whosoever events, people always tell us they're like, man, you guys talk about and same thing with you, Cynthia. This is like what you do normally. Like you talk about things that people don't usually talk about in church. But what we're talking about is actually just everyday things. But I think people in church have gotten so used to just covering up their brokenness for so long and they hide behind like an usher badge. They hide behind a leader title. They hide behind a ministry. They hide behind the perfect outfit, you know, the perfect family. Like no one gets honest about the things of their past and people forget in church that Jesus came to not only save them, but to set them free. So you have a lot of saved people in church, but you don't have a lot of free people in church. You don't have a lot of people that are free. And so when I go to places like South America or India, these are people that don't have like a Christianese lingo for anything. All they know is kind of like that story with the woman with the issue of blood is that she recognized that she's been hurting, right? She's been bleeding for 12 years. She sees the one that can not only save her, but heal her and set her free, just like the woman like you talked about at the well. And for them, it's so easy because it's like when you go into the doctor, like I had to go into the doctor because of my, I got diagnosed with fibromyalgia because of my, you know, joint stuff. It was easy. I went in and I said, I'm dealing with this pain. We did blood work and it was like bada boom, bada bang, like, so easy, right? But you have a lot of people now in church that go in, they're not honest with the Lord about what they're dealing with. They're not honest about, and the Lord sees their blood work. The Lord has their stats, but they're not honest. And so he can't give them the proper, I don't want to say diagnosis, but he can't tell them, but yeah, diagnosis, he can't truly say to them. I mean, he can, but there's so much filters. There's so much things people put up where the Lord wants to get through. He wants to set them free. He wants to show them. But a lot of people at the end of the day, they don't want to see the diagnostic report from the Lord. They don't want to see when the Lord does a scan of their heart to show them Mm -hmm. their own doubt, their own struggle, their own fear, their own brokenness. People don't, people don't want to acknowledge those things. And so the Lord can't truly do a work unless we're willing to open our hearts to him, right? Like when you do heart surgery, you have to be willing to put your heart on the table and allow the master surgeon to open up. And so in other countries, like in South America, even when I go to the public high schools here in California, these kids are so raw, like they don't have like a Christianese lingo. So you go to the public schools and you talk about these things, like hurting people are so easy to reach, you know, like even when we go to the detention centers or prisons or my friends and I yesterday, the Lord by his grace has opened up the doors for us to go to like a 
sex trafficking recovery home once a month here in California that houses teen girls. When I go in, these girls are hurting. So they are ready to acknowledge their brokenness. They are ready to acknowledge the areas and where they want to be set free because they see it. But a lot of people in the church don't see it. And that's why it's so hard. Like when I go, when I am at a Christian school, like here, like sometimes we'll do like assemblies at Christian schools, or if I do like a women's event at a church, sometimes it feels like I have to contend even more. And like, I'm having to break up rocky hard soil, but then I go into other places like rehabs or like a sex trafficking recovery home or a public school with all these girls. And it feels so easy because when people are broken, they know they need help. You know, know they're sick. Yeah. They know they're sick. And so that's why I love going to those places because for me, I see the Lord set them free. And there was a girl at a school we went to in Chile. Uh, This was a very poor school we went to. Um, There's a lot of migrants all over South America that go to Chile. I'm kind of like here, you know, in the U.S. And so they have a lot of migrant workers, but that work like in the fields, whatever, you know, just in different like um, jobs. Their parents work all day and then the kids are pretty much raising themselves on the streets. And so there's a school that we went to where it's like all the migrant workers, kids, and you could see that on these kids, they are forced to grow up at a very young age, like junior high. They're still kind of like free, but high school, they're pretty much like adults because they're the ones raising their younger siblings. They're the ones having to go to school and then go to work after. Sometimes they can't make it to school every day because they have to work to provide for their family. Um, And they experience so much trauma, but there's this girl that came up to me as we're talking about trauma and stuff afterwards and because we basically just went in I went in with my guitar I would do like me and my friend did a couple of Lauren Daigle songs I would share she would share we would do an altar call we would pray for these girls then I would just basically do like five acoustic songs and my two friends would be like available for for prayer and it was like we were at a church service these girls were going up one by one and asking for prayer which was crazy just pouring out their hearts like weeping And this one girl came up to me after and she said, yesterday she was at home living in an abusive situation and she asked God for a sign. This girl is just simple, right? And she's like, and today you came to my school, which was so wild. And so, so crazy to me because these girls, it was just like, and it was like that at every, we would do like three, four, five school assemblies a day. And whether it was co-ed or just like the girl assemblies we did, these girls would just come up like one at a time and just pour out their hearts. Like it was a church service. We didn't have to like get behind. We didn't have to like remove any masks from them. They were just so willing to share these things in their life. And so it was just these girls. Um, these girls were all like junior high and high school. Yeah. Yeah. So they were like mostly high school though. We did, we did a few junior highs, but these girls were mostly high school. So it was pretty powerful. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Roger always says, Roger's my husband. He always says, you can't, he, he won't, he's gifted to in inner healing. And sometimes I'll say, honey, did you call? Did you call this person? Did you call? They really need it. Da, da, da. And he's like, I will never chase someone with Jesus for inner healing. He's like, no, because when people want God, when they want freedom, when they want to be, you know, they want chains broken, they will chase after him. Now, obviously you always want to go and you, you present and you pursue and you be there ready, but then there shifts into this place where, you know, it's what you're experiencing, Christina, it's like these, these kids are hungry for the truth. You know, the worst, the worst rooms I've ever been in trying to share the gospel and reach hearts are rooms with women and men who are comfortable, successful, their bills are paid. There may be a famous person or two in their circle and they have some status in the community. Oh, shoot me in the head. They're, they, they're not hungry. Yeah, They're not hard. hungry. They're mm-hmm. distracted with the idols that they're, you know, of their life, you know, keeping up with the Joneses and all of that stuff. And man, someone wrote a comment here in studio. Uh, you, you gotta, let me go to it. Well, first of all, hello, Jean. Um, I'm glad that you're with us and, um, and thank you for, 
following all these years. Thank you. That that was a blessing to me. I saw your your comment come in live and I didn't want to neglect it. Um, is it P new? Yeah. Hi, hi, Cynthia. I've been a follower of you for years, so I'm having a break and come across you here. Uh, must remember in the future. Please remember us. We're here every week, live, every Monday. And um, wait, there's a comment though, Christina, that aha, P new. So many people are saved, but not free because mm-hmm. churches are into psychotherapy and psychotheology, quoting people like Bre- Brene Brown and telling people about grit, et cetera, rather than the power of Jesus to deliver them from all issues. Let me tell you something. <laughs> that is such a great comment, Pinu, because mm-hmm. I have grit. I can, I can out, I can talk a, therapist or a psychologist out of a room because I have wisdom about the issues of my life and most people, most other people's issues, right? God is just, when I first got saved, you have to understand, I spent my first five years praying to God every day for wisdom. That was my prayer. I wanted wisdom because when I read Proverbs and it said, get wisdom, it's more important than silver or gold. I, I was like, well, that makes all the sense in the world because it was Joseph's wisdom that opened the door to Pharaoh that eventually had him ruling the land. It was Solomon's wisdom that gave him riches and, 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 and the knowledge of Christ. These men were wise enough to know God, wise enough to follow God. And he gave them the mysteries of heaven. And that wisdom translated into having nations, you know, under them. It was wisdom that led Abraham. It wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, well, when it was the flesh and fleshly knowledge, he got in all kinds of mess because he listened to Sarah when she said, well, we're, we, you know, I don't know that God is really wise and truthful in what he said. So let's just take matters into our own hands and let's get, you know, Hagar, my maidservant pregnant, and that'll be the, your baby that God mm. promised you. God never does a half promise. Mm. <laughs> he doesn't do it. He doesn't need us to get involved with our wisdom mm. because we don't have any wisdom absent him. Apart from him, we can do nothing. He is the vine. We are the yeah. branches. Mm. And so how much better to get wisdom than gold, to get insight rather than silver, read it. Proverbs 16, 16. And I love it because 16 is my, my, my spiritual number. So it's kind of a way that God communicates. It's, it's a little bit of his love language with me. Um, Summer, I, I saw you kind of chuckling there. Uh, so I know that means you have something to, something to add. Oh, um, well, I do have something to add to what Christina said. Um, and just the whole, like, just, I feel like there's a thing about like, your identity and how it makes you carry yourself and how it plays a part in the decisions that you make. And I feel like I just want to say this just because as a young woman, I feel like there are other young women that could maybe benefit from what I'm going to say. But I feel like there's also a thing of being open, like how you guys were saying that some people are not open to um, getting healing or being honest about their brokenness, but we're meant to live free. We're meant to live free of all those things. And I think like anything that we struggle with, um, at least for myself, and I know with other people too, when I have talked to them, I feel like there's a, there's not a desire to want to admit that you're struggling with something or admit that you're struggling with anything because you don't want to like face it or you don't want to be real about it. But I feel like the biggest thing that I've learned is that God just wants to help and it's only going to benefit me when I just admit like I'm struggling with this. Um there was a point where I didn't even know I was struggling with this, but it was affecting as a woman, how I presented myself to the world and Mm -hmm. how I felt in the world. And, you know, I had just a prayer with God and he showed me, he was like, you're like, you're fine. Like you're, you're fine from the face up, you know, but you just present the rest. Like you don't present it well, you present it in shame and in like insecurity of who I made you to be. And so Mm -hmm. he was like, you don't have to take this on. And this is all like in a prayer. And he was like, I'm going to show you. He was like, I'm going to give you your new, like who you are, like your new Mm -hmm. dress. So I was just in this dress that just wasn't representational of my spirit. It was Mm -hmm. just more of a promiscuous dress. It wasn't really 
like me and who I feel in the spirit. That's why I was so uncomfortable because it wasn't me and I was presenting myself in the world a way that just wasn't me. And so he was like, don't wear anything. And the dress was just representational of an identity um, and where I was maybe getting value from, maybe looks, whatever. But anyways, it was making me present myself in the, to the world in not the way that he would want me to. Um, and so he was like, don't worry. And I was like, well, what's my dress? Is it this? Like, I was trying to like give myself a dress. And he was like, don't worry, I'm going to give you your dress. And I feel like the, it's metaphorical for identity. Um, yes. And so then the next second in the dream, I had this beautiful dress. Like it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I couldn't even imagine that even if I wanted to. I mean, it had like jewels all over it and gems and diamonds all over it. It was a white, beautiful dress. It was like flowy. It was beautiful. And then I walked into his throne. And I was also had my back to the world. And I feel like that was significant because it was like, I don't have to face the world. He does it for me. He brings things to me, brings the right opportunities, the right people, the right relationships. Like we're his daughters, like his princesses. Like we do not have to feel like we lack any good thing. We don't have to feel ashamed going into the world. Like he brings everything to us. We're his his girls, his princesses. Yeah. And um, so I think as a woman, it's very important to remember that we are, um, we are the prize, but also God will bring the right things into our life and take the right, the wrong things out of our life. And we don't have to like have grit and go do it ourselves. Like he's mm. putting the light on the right path for us. And there's a lot of freedom in that. Um, but yeah, I think we're meant to live free. And just to add to that, I, there was a point in my life where I struggled with disordered eating and it wasn't something I wanted to admit because I feel like admitting to that, like, I don't know in my head, I was like, what's going to give it more power and make it worse. But the only thing admitting to it did, and I actually admitted it to my uncle Roger and I talked to him about it and prayed through it. And that was the freest I've ever felt from it. And I had struggled with it for years. So just to admit like, okay, I'm struggling with this. Like I need help with this. And to be free of it, it just remind. it was just a good life lesson. Like you do not have to be scared to be honest with God. I mean, he already sees it really. Like, he already knew I was struggling with that. And I just let myself struggle for years when really it just took, I mean, I was literally healed from it in 10 minutes. <laughs> like I struggled for years when I could have been free of in 10 minutes and we're meant to live free of all these things, but I was already free. That's the thing. That's why I'm adding what you said, Christina, like I was already free of it. There was no, like, there was nothing I really needed to do other than someone tell me, Hey, you're free of that. You're like living in this captivity to that disordered eating. You do not like, you're already free of it. He already died for that. He already covered that. Like you're good. Even the identity thing, like you're already free. You don't have to feel any shame or doubt or like insecurity. Like, Jesus already covered you for that. Live in the woman that I made you to be. Like, you are a princess because I made you one. You're beautiful because you're my child. You're worthy of all these things, not because you're worthy, because I made you worthy. There's, mm -hmm. like, such a gratitude, I feel like, to have for God and how he's, like, how we're blessed because we love him and because we have a relationship with him. So, um, yeah, those are the two things. Yeah. You, know, you, you, know what's, you, you know what's awesome about that? too, is as I was listening to what you were saying, Summer, essentially you were struggling with fear. Back to those two drivers in our lives, fear or love. You were struggling with fear. You were entertaining the fear. Then the fear was, I'm not pretty. I'm not skinny enough or whatever. I'm not, I'm not enough, basically. You know, like I'm not enough. I, or I go out in the world and I'm not sure who I really am. So I'm going to try on these outfits that everyone around me is trying on. And I mean, it looks like that's what I'm supposed to do. So I'm going to dress up in a role and play that role. And a lot of times as young women, you know, you don't even know what role you're playing. You just, if it gets some, some validation or some feedback, it's like, oh, okay, this is okay. You know, cause I know, because listen, you guys, I, I, you know, in my, I, I, I did a lot of magazine shoots and, you know, feature magazine articles and got photographed a lot and walked on a lot of red carpets. And, you know, right now today, living in who God made me to be like, I don't have any, like, I only have further to go in getting better in who God made me to be. But that choice of, do I want to be that girl over there that's living the way the world 
around me tells me to live? Or do I want to be the girl that turns her back? That was so deep what you said, that turns Mm -hmm. her back to the world to face God and then let him bigger and higher and lift it up, look behind me and pick and choose what is for me. Not Mm. me turn around and look at it all and get overwhelmed by it all and try to please this part of it and please that part of it and please that part of it. Ah, That's all fear. That's all fear because you're, you're trying to please all these things that are not looking at the same God you're looking at nine times out of 10. That was a huge visual that you gave me summer when you said that, because that was, yeah, that was, that's crazy. Like, you know, and it's until you shake that fear and you you live in love, you know? Yeah. And there's also something I think significant about that vision too. That room Mm -hmm. was small. That throne room was small. Like there are only few things, relationships, people, like a husband, the job, the career, there are only a few things that are going to fit because only a few things are worthy. So it's just really worth just the weight of just looking at God. And that's what he was showing me summer. Like you're like my daughter, like you're my, mm-hmm. like my heart. Like I love you. You're my, like my princess. I will bring the right things into this throne room. You do not have to worry mm-hmm. about doing that. And it's just so beautiful because it's like, that's how special we, I mean, I'm not any, like, I'm not special. We're all that special to him, but I think that we don't live in that and we don't realize that and we don't accept that and we don't carry ourselves that way. And I promise you ever Mm -hmm. since that day, when I was, when I changed the dress in my head and now whenever I'm like battling with something and I'm going back and forth about a decision or a, a person being in my life or a date or anything, I'm like, would that girl in that dress accept this treatment would that girl in that dress accept this friendship would that girl in that dress go on this date like would that girl in this dress accept this job like it really had made me see myself differently because but I didn't do anything to like God just made me worthy of it and he makes all of us women worthy of it men too but I'm just saying for the woman out there because I really feel like this is like a big thing like of women we're beautiful we're worthy of more than enough of all the princess treatment, like, you know, yeah. Yeah. And And it starts with us, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's, that, that's what's so beautiful about, you know, Christina, when you go into these places and this is for any of us, because look, guys, we're all called to be a mentor, to be a mom, to be a big sister, to be a daughter, to, to be a friend, you know, to someone who needs to know Christ you know, who needs to experience what lives inside of us, what lives inside of you. You know, that's how important you are. When, when the light lives inside of you, it shines out of you into the darkness. So you can go into dark places and change the atmosphere. I always say that, you know, we are called to be atmosphere changers. I used to go into a lot of rooms and I perfectly joined the atmosphere. And that's where I found my value and my worth. Cause I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm worthy to be in this room. I didn't realize until I started looking at those rooms through God's eyes, that those rooms were not for me. They, those rooms are not worthy to be in God's presence. And when I, if I had to walk in one of those rooms, I should have been walking. I should have been taking my room and my presence with me and changing those rooms, not joining those rooms. We're called to be atmosphere changers, nation changers, community changers. We're not called to blend in, Mm. period. You know, we're not called to blend in. And so, you know, I mean, I think we've, we're coming up on, on the hour. And um, as we get ready to kind of wrap up today, I mean, Christina, how would you, you know, I want to hear this from both of you, like for anyone out there struggling with their self-worth, which is driven by fear, right? What would you say to them? Mm. What would you leave them with now? Mm. Yeah. You know, Cynthia, I think it's so interesting. And I love summer, what you said, it really ministered to me. Cause I think that so oftentimes like we put 
the license of our own self-worth, you know, and identity in the hands of the wrong people Mm. in the sense where, you know, when I think of, uh, you know, one of my good friends painted a beautiful painting of my horse and she's an amazing artist. She's amazing artist and it hangs in my house. And every day I'm just like, man, like this painting so beautiful. And her signature is at the bottom of the painting. And every time I see the painting, I see her creativity in it. And sometimes I realize that number one, that's us, you know, that when the Lord painted our lives, he painted us where he put his own beauty and creativity and everything within us, right? Like within the canvas of our life. And we're valuable because of the signature at the bottom of the painting of our life. But oftentimes we allow everyone else but the artist to tell us who we are. And we so badly want other people's. And what it really boils down to is that we want other people's acceptance. We want other people's validation. We want other people's affirmation. And I've been guilty of that. But over the time, I've sacrificed my own self and my own beauty and my own, um, you know, I changed who I was just because I wanted someone else to affirm me. But it's like, who is that person at the end of the day? Like, who are these people? (laughs) You know, what significance do they have in our life? At the end of the day, we're the ones that go home and put our head on the pillow. And those people aren't a part of our everyday lives, but we give people too much power in our life. And I think that's really what it boils down to is that people, I think a practical way is that sometimes as people, you have to put down your phone. Like you have to put down your phone in the sense of social media. I love how Cynthia, you talk about how you, you know, you gave your social media to have, you know, Anna run your social media, you know, like Instagram and Facebook and stuff. And cause I think sometimes in today's culture, we get so used to the likes and followers and views that it becomes like addicting to where we need that to feel good about ourselves. And then yes. for any girl to post a photo, they have to put all these filters and make themselves look flawless before they present themselves. For what? For someone to like them, to like a photo and to, to comment on a photo, like we are addicted to the approval of others. But if man accepts you and God doesn't approve of you, you know, like what's the point? And I say the Lord doesn't approve of you in the sense of like the way that you're living, you know, the Lord loves us regardless, but if our life isn't pleasing to the Lord, but pleasing to man, like there's no point, you know? And so I would say, get your eyes off of man, get your eyes off of yourself, delete your social media apps for a week, get in the word, get surround yourself with the right people, cut out the friends in your life. Cause I also believe that not every person in your life wants to see you succeed or shine or become better. You know, sometimes there's people that, quite frankly, could not be the healthiest people in your life, whatever that looks like for you, fill in the blank. So I would say like, when you do those things practically, it could really make a big difference. When I silenced a lot of negative voices in my life, I saw myself through a clear lens of how God sees me. And so, and also stepping away from social media sometimes helps too, because I, we all get still caught up in the rat race of that. Yeah. 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 Anything that you measure your worth by outside of Christ is going mm. to leave you feeling less than and diminished. Mm. Yeah. Period. It's just set up that way. That's it. You know, Summer? Yeah. So my biggest thing that I go by when it comes to like the words I allow in my brain and, and that I allow to play for myself, or if I'm like feeling down, I how I check myself is if God wouldn't say this about me, then it's just not true. Cause it's true. Like he's the only one that can say anything about me because he created me. So if there's anything that's playing in my head, that's like an ongoing thought or like, Oh, I feel like this, or I feel ashamed because I did this. I feel like I'm not good enough because I did this. Or I feel like I don't deserve this because I did this. Like I feel if you feel like you're, if you're, I don't like to say these, these things, but if I'm, if you're saying, I feel ugly, I feel this, I feel that. First of all, you're coming into alignment with that. So obviously you're going to feel that. But there's no reason to come into alignment with that because God wouldn't say it about you. And he's the only one that can say anything about you. He's the only one that's right. So yeah. 
because even ourselves, we can't even say anything about ourselves. We can't label ourselves because a lot of the times that's just the enemy in our head. Anyways, we don't, we, we don't have a, a proper compass. We don't have a proper, like, we don't have the ability to name ourselves, to say things about ourselves. We can only say yeah. what God would say about us. And those are the only things that are true. So like friends can't say negative things about us. Our parents, our family members, we can't say negative things about us because we're just not even right. Cause God made us, we're his creation. Yeah. So only he can speak identity into us and speak who we are. So even if there is a moment where I feel like, Oh, I feel like ugly or I feel dumb. Like, well, God didn't make ugly. God doesn't make anybody dumb. Like he doesn't make that. And I don't get to say that about myself because I didn't create me. I don't even have the right to say that about myself. So it's just not true. Right. So there's no power that it has for me because I don't, I don't, even have the power to say those things over me and just going along with what we were saying earlier i think to remember that we are human beings we are not doings like we are not human doings we are not our works Mm -hmm. we are not our mistakes we are not like Mm -hmm. we are not how hard we work we are not how much money we have we are not Mm -hmm. how much success we have we are not how much we lack everyone is equal in God's eyes and we're all and what's really important is God I mean and what's really important is the fact that he put us on this earth I mean God doesn't waste time that's one thing I do know so he doesn't he didn't create any of us for no reason we're all here to as a solution to a problem and we're all here with a territory for our purpose we all have purpose so I feel like that helps me a lot with my confidence too like walking in a room like God made me, he opened this door for me. I'm meant to be here, not because of me or anything I did, but just because he created me for my, the purposes that he has for me. And that gives me all yeah. the worthiness and all the confidence to be anywhere that I am, to be in a relationship with anyone. So there's a lot of confidence too and self-worth that comes from the fact that God wanted me on this earth at all. He wanted to create me. It's not yeah. about me or like what I look like, what I've done, how much money, success, how much intelligence I do or don't have. It's not about that because he made me perfect for my purpose. Everything about me from the way I look, from the intelligence that I have and will gain, it's all like, it's all what he's given me. So it's all perfect already. Also, there's a thing of like, we get a little bit, like at least me, get wrapped up in like the right now. But I sometimes have to remember like God knew the end in the beginning. Like it's already done to him. Like from the moment we were born to the moment we die, it's already all done. So it's like he knew everything that I was going to do my entire life. And he's already still giving me all these blessings, all these opportunities in my life. Mm -hmm. Great people. Like he's already protected me. Like even when he knew I was going to mess up, he knew I wasn't going to be worthy. He already knows that. He knows even the moments I'm not going to feel worthy 10 years from now. And he still Mm -hmm. is blessed. Like if he loves me enough to still bless me and still call me worthy and still call me only good names, there is no reason that I should waste any time or any mental space thinking anything negative about myself. Mm -hmm. Or it doesn't come from me, it comes from the Lord. Amen. 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 And you know what? You said it. Uh, Anna, I think it needs to be a t-shirt. I think I think here at CGM we need to sell the t-shirt perfect for my purpose. Because mm. that is a mouthful. <laughs> that is a mouthful. <laughs> think about it. You are perfect for your purpose. Period. He gave you everything for your purpose. He equipped you for all the reasons why you need to be here and why you are here. He's got a, he's got a plan, you know, and, and in his plan with your life, you're perfect for it. And nobody should make you feel like less than, and nothing should make you feel like less than. And when it does, it's the enemy. And when it does look at the fear, you know, stop a minute today after we get off of, of, of our live and ask yourself, you know, what fear is driving my life? What fear is causing me to have struggle or doubt or insecurity? You know, what fear is, is making me not feel worthy? What fear is making me think that God doesn't see me? God doesn't love me. God doesn't care about me. What fear? Look at that fear. And I promise you there's a fear driver and then, and then take it to the Lord, you know, take it to the Lord because he doesn't want it there you know, and he didn't give you a spirit of fear and all that comes from that spirit because nothing but sin comes from a spirit of fear and nothing but good comes from a spirit of love. So remember that, you know, as you go through the week and, 
this has been a this has been a, 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 a one of those sessions that I I have a lot of meat to chew on all week long from it. So <laughs> thank you so much, uh, Summer, and to cr- you, Christina, and for all of you who want to see more of Summer Garrett, you can check her out on her YouTube channel at Summer Jane, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Summer at Summer Jane, mm-hmm. and Christina Boudreaux, you can check her out. And, and man, check out her ministry with the whosoever's just go to at Christina M Boutreau at Instagram, and you can see her all over the world, impacting young lives and really and truly reminding girls who think that they've been forgotten that they are completely seen, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to leave you with something. If you just want to put some worship on today or this week, just Google Sarah Edwards. I am loved by God. Put it on, listen to it, and let it be the anthem for your week. Right now, today, you are loved by God, and that should be your declaration. I'm Cynthia Garrett. Thank you for being a part of this week's Girl Club. We will see you live next week. If you're hearing this right now, you're probably like, who the heck is this and why are they playing during my favorite podcast? And I get it. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do want to introduce myself. My name is Trevor Tyson, and I'm the host of Trevor Talks, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. I just want to invite you, if you love podcasts, if you love music, if you love books and love hearing from the people who create it, come check us out at Trevor Talks. Simply go to Google or Life Audio, type in Trevor Talks, and it'll pop on up. Hope you have a great day.